If you're missing quality time with your family, this is the podcast for you. Grab a beverage of your choice and come join us around our table as we talk about everything and nothing. I'm Mike. I'm Maggie. I'm Jenna. And I'm Baby Grace. And welcome to Quality Time. Trace. Oh, desperate. Not at you. I know. I'm making me giggle. This is like the ice cream oh, cookie yeah. sandwich. Oh, yeah. That That's was the good stuff. Covered. <laughs> really? <laughs> Are we starting? Or? Yeah, we're already recording. Oh, I thought. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. Guys, cocktail <laughs> I remember, like, the creamsicles and the rocket pops, the fire, the firecrackers, snow cones, push pops. pops. I push want, pops are good. Push pops should come back. Push pops remind me of when I, I was a kid. Left. They d- I've never seen them after a while. The store all the time. I think you can get them at the store, yeah. They're called push-ups. Push-ups. How many push-ups can you do? Not, a lot. I could do like one. <laughs> Not enough. It's, I mean, are we talking about real push-ups or regular? Real or the orange ones, I can do three or four a day. <laughs> real push-ups can't do push-ups. Nope. Nope. Oh, I went in there to get my book. I could do arm, like wall a, planks. I have a thing of questions here if we want to... I think your dad Dad's said he had some problems that he's been working today. on that he wants to share with everybody. And then if that fails, then we can do the list. Do you have to sit at the corner table? <laughs> what? What? Nothing. <laughs> at the corner of happy dehydrated an empty table <laughs> there's only okay. one more sleep till christmas <laughs> okay yeah, in the um corner, i see an empty chair <laughs> sorry <laughs> stop it oh no 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 you're doing it stop it <laughs> stop it Okay. It's my mission in life to get everyone to do that to me at least once. Works of art, inventions, or movies? Ooh. Pick a topic. Oh, these are like top. Okay. Well, I've got a, a question for you. How about movies? Movies? Something everyone can relate to. This might to. spark some shit. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of what I'm hoping. Um, here's movies. my question. That's the question, good sir. If you could rewrite, edit, or reshoot a movie... Which one would it be and why? Why would you do oh. it? Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What would would you just not would, just cast Shia LaBeouf? Okay. No, I'd redo everything. Keep Shia. Shia was probably the I best like part. Shia of I like Shia in, that in one. it. I will Shia's not lie. good. Yeah. I will not. I mean, there's a lot of it that I did like, but a lot of people didn't like it for some reason. It was reason. kind of commercially a little it bit. It is a, little a bit, bit of more, a cop out of a film. It didn't have as much depth of story, and plus. It's, yeah, like, it's gone from story... archaeological things to this alien film, yeah, which like, is kind I of. I think a big that's joke. what I would rewrite about it is the is write out the alien part, like make it more like a national treasure kind of thing, you know. Except for, how would you explain the the weird shape of the you skulls? Wouldn't, you wouldn't. It wouldn't be crystal a crystal skull. skull. It would be a completely different film. It, well, like, so then it wouldn't be rewriting the crystal was, skull. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It'd be redoing all of it. 
But the crystal skull itself was like the skull was shaped well, differently. It's than... the literal plot of the movie. If you take away the plot of the movie, it's just gonna you're just gonna write a new Indiana Jones. Right. Oh, which deserves to be written. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I do like Indiana Jones in terms of like I just like that series, but he's got there's probably several stories that you could I pull think, from from that. Yeah. I think Crystal Skull sure. just stylistically got too far away from the first couple of movies because well, yeah the first ones are a little CGI for no reason well yeah they're just it, the crystal skull seems a little too a little more slick and polished than the, the original ones and there's a little bit of grit there's a little bit of it yeah age the, built into the movie that I think they're missing and I then the like other the part of it back. the other part of it though was that it was a lot of the same stuff too. Well, do you I, mean like, oh, it's a chase scene, and then the chase scene, but that's scene, what makes the original <laughs> Indiana you, Jones good. That's why you go see Indiana Jones. The I cool guess stuff. It's, that's an why action, see, it's an action film. That's why you go see James Bond. That's yeah, why you go see Batman. True. You know, that's there's going to be a certain handful no. of tropes that you insist on being there. Yeah, true. that's any any action movie goer can tell you those are fun. Yeah, yeah that's like, true. Like, why do you watch Kingsman? You don't watch it for the plot. That's true. You like you, <laughs> you do watch, watch it for the intense choreography of the fight scene. Mm-hmm. And the dopey gadgets. The dopey gadgets and the fun, like yeah, that's true. Camera angles. Okay, what other films? Taron Egerton. Redo. <laughs> what would you redo? Me? Yeah. There's one. Okay, I feel like there's one in my head that is like the obvious answer, and I can't. There's one in there, but I cannot. <laughs> so you have to think about it for a minute. I can't <laughs> put my finger on it. But the other one that I'm thinking about is. A, a movie that Rose and I watched recently called House of Wax. I'm sure everybody saw it when they were kids at slumber parties. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Paris Hilton was in it. It, it Yeah, Paris Hilton oh. and Jared Padalecki's in it. But, oddly enough, Jared's the worst part of that movie. And Paris <laughs> is the best. Paris is literally the smartest and best character in that movie. Anyway, um, Which is- it is. it has like this whole secret like thesis statement about twins and like the uh, sociology of it all and blah 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 like the good twin bad twin oh yeah anyway it's really it had it's like so close to being a really good like almost artful movie like it, horror movie in the yeah. end you know but um it's like it's got all the elements it has a really deep like oddly rich moral core mm. to it about the good twin, bad twin, because the main characters are twins, and the main bad guys are also twins, oh. and they're both sets. They have their they parallel each other, and so the good twins get paired up together and fight it off, and like the bad twins get paired up, and it and it also goes into the intricacies of their relationships with their siblings and stuff like that. It's a really, really good core to the movie, and wow. but then it's. Like the characters are written to a point of like, it's just like, it's the characters, the core of them are there, but like the shallow interactions are awful. Oh yeah. Just really bad, bad writing to it. But the effects are so cool because it's all about wax. There's a whole house built entirely of wax. And spoiler alert. Half of the town is, isn't it? Well, the half of the people in the town are wax. Mm, okay. But there's a one house that is literally made out of wax, the walls and everything. And the way that they handle it with practical effects is so genius. It's pretty phenomenal. But like, I would just tweak it just enough to make it 
really, really good. I don't know if I would have the power to do that. Rose definitely has the power to do that. Rose would be Is this a writing it. job or a would you script recast job? It? Or? A little bit of writing and script. Uh, I would keep Paris. Paris would stay the same. He'd probably get rid of Padalecki, though. Jared's character's awful, but I'm okay because he gets killed off first and he kind of deserved it the That's whole time. True. Really. <laughs> Like he, he, okay. So his whole, he gets killed off in the best way too. <laughs> he gets killed off first. It kind of like sets the tone of how the murderers work, you know? Yeah. Um, but he has sticky fingers the whole time that he's alive. He goes in cause they're, they Stealing crash stuff. in this, like this like country town. Right. And they're going in trying to find help for it. He like walks into the gas stations that's closed because nobody's running it. And starts like touching crap and just like taking things off the wall. He plans on stealing something before he gets caught. And then they go into this museum that the the House of Wax is what yeah, the museum's exactly. called. And it says closed or whatever. It's not open. He just opens the door and goes in it and starts touching all the props. Starts poking all the mannequins. Starts taking things and like try, holding lighters to the wax figures and stuff like that. And it's like... All right, Jared, like, I would have killed you too. <laughs> anyway. Vincent was totally in his right. Yeah, because, okay, so Vincent is, like, the the main, one of the main bad guys. He's one of the bad twins. And he's an artist. He's just, like, a little artist boy. And he it's made the, he, he, his mother taught him to do all the wax figures or whatever. Ah. And he continued that after his mother had passed away. Right. And... You see him often just like sculpting away, being very artful about it, and he's like really talented about what he makes. Anyway, and so I would be mad too if some Jared Padalecki came into my closed <laughs> built, like broke into my house and started burning my crap. I'd been like, all right. I do like the machine you he are uses. Mm -hmm. I think it's very. That's one of the best parts of that the film. Wax I don't know why, <laughs> but yes, I would just rewrite. I would just tweak the script. Because most of the shots and everything is really interesting and good. And the character dy dynamics are really good. But I would just like tweak it so it's a little bit deeper, a little bit less like... Like 2000. Like more believable. You know, I actually think of. that that is a remake of an old, old movie, mm -hmm. The House of Wax. Because it's it's called The House of Wax 2005 is when that one yeah, came out. Yeah, I was going to say because I'm, I remember oh. A House of Wax when <gasps> like... In the 60s or yeah, something Yeah, it's an old like Vincent that. Price movie, House yeah. of Wax. Oh. Probably, yeah. Where all the mm. dead people are turned into the wax displays of the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... I'd rewrite that one. I can't think of the other one that I'm thinking about. Oh, and Vincent. Yeah, It's Vincent. an homage to Vincent Price in the yeah. original. Oh. Got it. Oh, Vincent Got and Bo. The, art, the artistic one is Vincent, and he yep. wears a mask and oh. all the hoopla. Go watch the movie for He's yourself. He's just a dirty and... little slasher boy, and I love him. <laughs> what about you, Dad? What would you rewrite? I don't know. I wrote the question down not thinking I had an answer for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have another one in mind that I Go would like for to rewrite. Well, uh, let's, mo let's mom answer one okay. first. Well, I'm, yeah, I don't know either, but i got to think about it too, so... Okay, now you know. Well, giving you time to think. Uh, uh, strange magic. I would. Mm, I don't know this no. one. So <laughs> it's like oh, a B-list spider wick. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> oh, a D-list. I, I will admit it's a terrible film. Awful. Uh, it's beautiful to look at. It's gorgeously animated. Mm -hmm. 
uh, for the most part. I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but it's not <laughs> bad. Okay, so back in 2010, uh, <laughs> George Lucas no. finished a film that was aimed at young girls because yeah. he made Star Wars for the boys and he wanted to make something for girls. Should have stuck with the boys. Should have stuck with the <laughs> Star Wars uh, stuff. But quit making gendered films, Lucas. Anyway, <laughs> he made something called Strange Magic, which is basically uh, a fairy falling in love with the Bog King. And it's this weird jukebox musical. <laughs> <laughs> it is a ju- that, Which is probably why I wouldn't like it. Uh, <laughs> it's not a good movie. I, I'm so sorry, Maggie. I love you so much. It's not a good movie. Well, we're ask, asking about like rewriting things, right? Uh-huh. Yes, that's I true. I can make it a good movie by taking out all of the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It would be a much better film if they had focused on just the storyline. Just line. the dynamics and the storyline and like yeah. explaining things a little it bit. It made it better. not a musical. It made like it to, not a musical. Uh, yeah. yeah. Granted, I like the songs and the music in it, but mm. it doesn't work as a musical. That's yeah. why it tanked at the box office. Fair enough. Because it was all it was also all these songs that were a little out of date. <laughs> Speaking of that, I was thinking of a of a movie that would fall into that category of needing to be rewritten. <laughs> now how right. I would do it, I'm not sure, is Ella Enchanted. Like Really? Oh, oh yes. Because the original book so much better than the movie. And the movie was weird because it like went off on this tangent with like trying to be this kind of it's, modern It's a weird jukebox musical. Jukebox musical and I for some reason I just have a thing about the jukebox guy, the musicals. The guy who plays Will Graham in Hannibal is in that movie. Yeah. And he doesn't remember filming it. What? Which one did he was it is he the prince? Yeah, he's the prince. And he yeah. doesn't remember he filming doesn't remember it? filming that movie. Is it like how Frankie Muniz doesn't remember Malcolm in the Mill? Kind of. Like it had strokes all the time? No, I don't think it was that. I think I think it was a joke, oh. to be honest. Like, I don't... That Much was not, different. But like, that wasn't me. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it was a joke. I don't know her. What's that? But, I don't no, know. but you're right. Ella Enchanted is a marvelous little kid's book. The book yeah. is great. And it's beautifully written. Yes, and it is. And it's a great story. But the movie is just yeah. Trash. It was just not nice. <laughs> the movie it's not based on Ellen Chanet. It's inspired by yes, and it takes a lot of weird, weird terms. liberties that just. <laughs> that's one of those things where you should have just started with the book, yes. scripted it out that way, and then fleshed it from there instead of mm. trying to trying add to, stuff trying to, to add it. Yeah. The, it's interesting. The focus group stuff. Yes, it's focus inter- group. Stuff. <laughs> it's interesting because. The girl who plays the uh, the ugly stepsister. Or yes, whatever. the blonde. She's she's like the evil stepsister in three other things. She's she plays an evil person very well. <laughs> that like blonde with the yes. funny way of talking. Yeah, yeah. Her name's Lucy something. She's or other. She so was in. Funny. Uh, she was in Tenth Kingdom. Tenth Kingdom as she, Little Bo Peep. That's right. <laughs> and she's like, ah. Oh. She's, she's brilliant at that character. She's she really brilliant. is. She, I've never seen her anything else. She's just the character. Like she yeah. plays that character very well. Well, she's a British actor, so I suspect she may be doing better stuff over in England. But I've never mm. seen. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that movie and in those circumstances, you guys, I've, I've thought of two. One of mm. which was Inkheart. Oh yes. 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 Wasn't Brendan Fraser? In yes, that? he was. I love that. I kind of want to see it, but your dad keeps telling me it's not good. It's not <laughs> good. It's, it's, it's not it's, worth well, it. Well, it's 
again, I'm I'm in love with the book. Yeah, Kong. it is a good and book. And it's a rich, wonderful book with lots of it's a great story, yeah. lots of wonderful twists. And the movie tries desperately to stick to the story, which I appreciate. However, I don't think the director or the production crew really understood it. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a such a watered down Oh, you know, because well, you know, think I mean, of how big Inkheart is, right? But you know, even like every Harry Potter book is watered down, right? It's still a good, rich story, right? right. I think Inkheart was so watered down that they took away the story. They took away way too much. Mm. They literally took the the primary blocks of the story and washed away. I'm going to say 70, 80 percent of the fun detail oh, that yeah. made it interesting. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could. I mean. I had high hopes for the movie, and I will. I will still say I probably like it, but it's not the book in such mm-hmm. a way that it doesn't. Yeah, it I just mean, didn't grab. I've yeah. seen maybe the first fifteen minutes of it, and it's not. It's not kind of worth the. Also, watch. I kind of feel like I love Brendan Fraser, one of my favorite, I favorite, love favorite him. people. He's hot, but mummy. To me, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, did we all forget about Encino Man? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fake fans aren't allowed, Max. <laughs> Did we all forget about Ceno Polly Man. Short? <laughs> Did we all forget about Sean Astin? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we made it to Sean Astin. There it is. I digress. There's the real hyperfixation. Just here. over 15 minutes in. I <laughs> like Brendan Fraser. I love Brendan Fraser. Well, you guys missed the obvious. George of the, the Jungle. jungle. Oh. <laughs> now you're right. That's the real one. He does play a monkey man a lot. A lot. He's in a he's in a movie called Monkey Bone or whatever. <laughs> yes, he, he is. is. And it's a terrible... It or he acts like a monkey man in it's, it. It's... No. Three movies. No. Well, yes and no. If you find niche work, movie. take it. It's going to pay your bills. <laughs> That's a weird movie, Hi, my, and I'll <laughs> talk about it later. <laughs> my name is Brendan Fraser, you know and my niche is Here's, here's what's so like weird about primates. him. <laughs> here's what's so weird about him. I am he the missing plays link. these, like, dumb but very heartfelt characters, yeah, right? I think the one you're looking for is Him- himbo. himbo. Then characters. on his, his other independent films ridiculously good. good he's gonna be in a new one that's gonna rip my heart out and stomp it on the ground like a cigarette it's going to be <laughs> it's by A24 it's a new film oh, coming out and he's Brendan Fraser is gonna be playing a 600 pound man trying mm. who's a professor trying to rekindle his broken relationship with his daughter Oof. and it's going to it's going to be like I'm gonna cry so hard I'm gonna throw up it's gonna be <laughs> awful but I'm very very excited for it because I love Brendan Fraser <laughs> Anyway, go on. So anyway, I was just going to say, I think as, I don't picture him as the father in that book. he plays a dad. He's too young looking still, even as a dad himself, he's still too young looking to have Who's the daughter in that? I don't remember. Was it Dakota Fanning? I couldn't tell you. Look it up. Head cannon. Um, (laughs) Head cannon. I agree. I I didn't. He performed it. Admirably. I'm sure he would be great at but it. You're but you're right. As public perception of him, you don't buy him as a dad he's figure. He's baby, yeah. Also, I think it's kind of like, in my mind, it was British, but I know they weren't British, though. 2008. Weird. Were they? Was this, was the, the movie... book British? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. She, uh... Is that Yes. It so, was Eliza Bennett. So to me, I was Wait a like... Minute, Andy Serkis was in this film? I was thinking of somebody like, Jennifer you know, Curry. somebody with dark hair and like... 
kind of like five o'clock shadow old, of something. You know, you know? You like so Oldman. Robert Downey Jr. No, Maybe no, Gary. Like no, Gary Oldman or somebody to that effect with a little bit of age on them. Right, but Gary, I was actually thinking of somebody not like Michael Sheehan, but like I don't. Gabriel, he might have been good. Gabriel, what's his name? Iglesias. Michael no. Sheehan would have been good. He might have been good with that. Yeah, maybe because he he is just a dad. That's true. But he also has like this weird eccentric quirkiness to him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But it was such good, rich material, and it was they they did an okay. You know, they did a very, yeah. in my opinion, a very um, how shall I say mediocre. Yeah, kind of you know very um, community theater type of job with it. Ooh, you know? which is weird because there's a lot of like high list names in here. Yeah, like I like said, Paul Bettany, Andy Helen, Circus, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren, I love it. Jennifer <laughs> Connelly. Actually, Helen Mirren was actually cast very well because like she's I said, that character. She usually does is. Kind of make but, it's, <laughs> but the attempt at Kathy the, Bates. The attempt at the script was wrong, and the production value of it was. Not good. Mediocre. Weak. Yeah. yeah. And then my two cents. That's and the other one I thought about was and I'm I'm sure nobody here has seen it. Try me. Bet. Robin Williams Popeye. You're right. Yeah, I haven't love seen it. it. No, oh, I've seen it's good. a couple of scenes of it. I've seen it. clips, but not I've never actually I've seen sat clips. Down and watched it. It is good. It is good. It's good. And it's one of those things where I want it to be so much better <laughs> than it is. <laughs> and to this day, I will sit and watch it. I love it. It's just one of those things that's part of my heart. But the movie just rides the wrong edge. It just doesn't work. It's interesting <clears throat> that you bring that up because before he died, they were going to make... There was a animated film of Popeye in production. He was going to be the voice of it. Really? Yeah. Because he then, hated doing that voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess he agreed to do it. <laughs> But right, uh, but then he died, and then it went to production yeah. hell. Right. Yeah. No, um, because the movie. This is the one where the story is fun. It's cartoon. You know, it's based on the cartoons, car- but the yeah. old, mm-hmm. the old Seeger cartoons. It was designed well, though. It was de- oh, the design is gorgeous. It is. Very um, they well built done. a whole town for Popeye. They went out to Malta, the island of Malta, and built this whole town. And they lived there, and they worked there, and they filmed there. Anyway, designed beautifully. They took all of the story and the characters from the old Seeger cartoons, the old the the, mm, the old actual uh, the newspaper comic strips. Comic yeah. And they let themselves be informed by the the Fleischer cartoons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, and then the actors—they did a great job. It was designed, but what I found out was that. Um, the production company, mm. it might have been, it was either Paramount or Universal or one of those. Anyway, the production company Paramount. that the, the production company who who did Popeye uh, about two years prior lost the bid to produce Annie, oh. the movie oh. Annie, the the first the first rendition of it, first rendition of it with Albert Finney. And, and why oh. was that? Why how did they lose the bid? Uh, probably just flat out money. Oh, okay. I'm gonna bet, but they I mean, lost. But they lost the sure. they lost the bid, um, and Annie did so well because right. it was an established Broadway musical. Sure. Right, it was big musical, big production value, and they had a lot, you know, and they got a lot of good people behind it. Right. So this production company, I do love that movie. Yeah, but this production company wanted that kind of success, 
So instead of bidding on a property that was already out there, they said, you know what? We're just going to do our own. And they no. secured the rights to Popeye. Now, the original writers and directors of Popeye the movie were also in love with Popeye as history and as cartoon. Right, exactly. So there was a lot of love going into it. Yeah. But the producers, but the, produ um, the production company insisted on... Commercializing some stuff. Either com not really commercializing it, but they insisted, they insisted a musical. Which it oh, should. Oh right, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't have been a musical. It shouldn't have been a musical. It should have been just a lovely little cartoony homage to Popeye and Olive and the, you know, and that. It casting. probably would have done fairly well without. Yeah. It would have done because the music is awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's mu I mean, because, it is bad. <laughs> now, granted, the I have to sit down. The uh, the music, the people who wrote the music and the songs, the songwriters, they attempted. Something that was in character. Yes, they did. They they really did. So things were slightly offbeat. They were slightly out of key. Yeah. And, you know, phrasing of lyrics and songs were just weird and wonderful. Oh, so is they, it like uh, Pierce Brosnan and... Um, oh, Olivia? no. No. No, he's just not talented. He's just a bad he's, singer. He just can't singer. sing. <laughs> no, the songs were designed to be kind of folksy and rustic. Because that's the world of the play. That's the world of the Popeye. That's so they kind of tried to fit things in with concertinas and harmonicas and this kind of stuff. Mm. Anyway, um, and they were okay, but they're not Annie caliber. Kind no, of not at all. Please, every, like nobody no. remembers, nobody run around singing the Popeye songs. Right. Well, and every time one of the music, one of the songs hits the screen. The entire action just slows down. It did. We yeah, I think that's exactly singing, what it was. You know, and it just it was. And it was awful, but there are sweet little moments of, you know, what it should have been in the movie. But then also they were also, um, they also went through three directors. Oh, well that always, I think. <laughs> that always screws it up. That, you saying that just now reminded me of the property that I, that I was originally thinking okay, of. But you okay, go, hang on you it. finish that. So they, yeah, so they, they were at least three directors uh, within the first two weeks of shooting, by the time they get to the first two, they have oh, been see, through three directors. Three yeah. directors Exa in the first again. week. No, no, no. Since the beginning of production, oh, there was wow. three directors signed on. One guy got to the first couple weeks. Decided he goes, this is they a were too busy fighting with can. the producers. So, I <laughs> yeah. think Robert Altman was the guy who finally landed on and stuck with it. Oh, and he has a very distinct style. Or He's got a weird style, and style, he, you know, yeah. but hmm. he. But by the time you get to your third director, you're you, you're not these people aren't in love with the material you're anymore. Tired. You just you're just doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Robert Altman's also one of these directors who kind of goes over budget. He reshoots yeah. stuff. He adds stuff. He makes stuff. No. You know, bad you know why he goes over budget? I. That's why the did, Cats movie. He um, filmed something called Predator, whatever, and I think that's what it's called. Um, and it was his style. Apparently, is just shoot tons and tons and tons and then take take the two or three tiny bits of yeah of, of a kind of somewhat unscripted or whatever right. and then take the yeah one or two shots that he's well, uh, that makes sense because not only is Robin Williams an improviser 
but half of the cast was from the Pickle Family Circus. That's true. So they could deal with the comic and the visual. Right. So like, this is Bill yeah. Irwin's first movie, and he's playing this character who gets rubberized and run around. And <laughs> they do th- you know, so yep. I'm sure Robert Altman is just saying, go with it, you know, because these people are juggling and kicking their heads right. across the street. Right. They're doing just amazing things. Um, yep. So Robert, you know, but they got to a point where the production company said, pulled the, you know, said, stop writing checks. Oh, Either no. finish the movie or we scrap it. And they're like literally down to the, the like eviction notice. The, no, they're, they're down to like the climax of the, they, they've shot 97, 98% oh, of the movie. No. They really just got to get this one last and shot. And they got to get this last sequence done. Mm. Uh, so they shut up shop and they kept the th- Three main characters and a few people and a giant tank to do the squid scene at the end where Popeye fights the squid and <laughs> finally eats the spinach and da 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 da. Yeah. Um, and, but it got made. And it's, like I said, if it was not a musical and it was a little less loose in the yeah. performance and script of it, I think it would have been one of the most charming movies in the yeah. world. Yeah. So, anyway. I could see that. They should have just leaned into the musical and made it a full folk opera. It's, uh, it sounds like we all have the same idea of like, if this wasn't a musical, this probably could have been a good movie. Okay, hey I now, you, hey I, now, hey I, now. I will, not, I will not squash any good musical. No, However, no, no. But that's the key word, good. Right. Andrew Lloyd Webber. No, but I think there's also this misconception, in America anyway, that if it's not a musical, it can't be good or as good. Because every time... Well, you're either a musical lover or you're a straight play lover. And again, I don't... In, in theater. If you're I, and again, theater. I don't think it's that clear cut. No, but no. I mean, I think that's the perception we have. Yeah. I, I think on the grand scale in the big picture, yeah, yeah. it's it falls into those two camps. The because, theater kids who are going to be watching the movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because every time I threaten to write something, somebody says, oh... I tell you what, let's make it a musical and I'll write the music for you. No, you go, then, no, 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 I didn't invite that. And then no. I, it's happened to me. <laughs> it has. Too many times. I mean, I don't write a lot, but when I do want to write something or adapt something, I say, hey, what do you think? Cool, let's make it a musical. Ha-cha-cha-cha. No, and I usually <laughs> drop it at that point. Mm. It was a, a very specific version of Christmas Carol, I can yeah. recall, that said, hey, let's make it a musical. I was like, I'm having war no. flashbacks. I'm not going to talk about it, but <laughs> uh, we did it, and it was, eh, it, was it didn't need to be weeks. a musical. <laughs> it didn't need to be a musical. So anyway. It really didn't. Anyway, um, but Popeye's one of those. Didn't need. Because mm. the one that you reminded me of midway through that one was, it's not a movie, but... The second season of Dirk Gently yeah. could have been like the core of the story is interesting enough and it's and it's it's good to a certain degree, but it needs to be rewritten because okay, it's like so Dirk Gently is like this fantastical like holistic detective guy. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain. Written by... He very much flies by the seat of his pants. Written by uh, Doug Adams. A Douglas Adams. Douglas, Douglas Adams. Um, and it was adapted into a show in like, uh, I think the late 2010, something like that. 20, oh, maybe that 20, old? 
I don't know. Maybe it was 2015. I don't know. It started by it Elijah not Woods too long, in it. Long ago. It wasn't too long ago. It was like I don't know the year. I'm just gonna leave that out of there. <laughs> what Whatever. <year> is this? <laughs> where, where am I? Um, but it's very much a dead <laughs> fandom now because it got it got um, it got canceled after the second season Which because the first so season bad. the first season really is good. textbook the perfect season of a detective show. The Rowdy Three. It really is the perfect little slice of a show between conflict, characters, resolution. Really fun, really works together, really solid writing. Second season threw all of that out the window. Yeah, it, it, you know what? I do think that's the problem with that. Yeah, and the and Ro, again, Rose and I go it, off the charts on this one because Rose is very it angry at season two. It did the definitely same line as the first one, which it didn't, and it got rid of. Well, I don't think I don't think we wanted to see a season one again because that's just no. repetitive. Right. But I think because the second season handles with this different universe that yeah. was created by a kid and so it's very like yeah. wibbly wobbly blah blah blah, blah like fing- yeah it wasn't Fingus very is the is the main bad guy you know it's like really silly it stuff it kind of felt like um the whole this is a dream sequence thing you know <laughs> yeah and it yeah what they should have done was focus more on like the background of dirk and like those characters because they mentioned it a lot, but they never really. Go they were into it. building up to it, but the second season was also different writers and directors directed every few oh. episodes, so none of it felt like it went together because yes. one oh, episode no would be yeah. way too much in the real world, and the right. other episodes would be way too much in the fantasy world. Right. And I think they just spread the story way too thin across yes. these two dimensions. They added a lot of new characters. Yeah. They added a lot of new side plot storylines that would be yeah. that would need to be further elaborated on in later seasons. But because of the season tanked so hard, it yeah. got canceled and didn't get renewed. And so it's really and I would just like love, 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 love to see the like the story handled differently and with much more care than it was handled yeah. with. Granted, because the story itself is very different from the books that are written about it, but like sec- second season, I would have Hugo, who is uh, who is like a secret service guy. He's kind of really stupid. Ended up being in a yeah. very in a position of very high power in the secret service kind of thing on yeah. this project. I would love to have seen him because at the very again, spoiler alert, but uh, at the very end, he turns good a little bit, which I think is really wonderful well he's good then he turns bad then he turns back to good well i mean he was never he was never in the first season he was in like a morally gray area and then the second season he tries his darndest uh to be a good guy but then ends up being a really bad guy because he doesn't know what he's doing and then he gets taken advantage of by this other guy yeah Yeah, and it's just like it missed a lot of obvious connections that would have been really great to make like bart and there's another character named mona who should have been best friends in yes. the in the facility that they were being held in for a certain period yep. of time. They never interact with each other though. No, which is why I'm saying that they missed that obvious mm. connection yeah, for them right. because yeah. they would have gotten along like swimmingly. It would have been yeah. really great to see that. Yeah. And it was just yeah, it was just spread way way too thin. It was too big for its britches and also just like the the plot building devices weren't clear. 
And mm-hmm. so you'd be like, why is this person doing this? Why is that happening? And right. then you it would move on too fast and you'd just be like, I guess they're here now. It's you very know? much a whiplashy kind of season. Now, is yeah. that because they just didn't write it well? Or is that because uh, they relied heavily on the fact that the audience may have read the original books? I don't think no. that story is in any of the original books. No, they. It was because it was written by different people who right. all had their own vision for what was going oh, on, okay. and they didn't really communicate with and each none other. Of them sat in the same room and do no, it. No, 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 <laughs> exactly. Like a few of them wrote specific episodes yeah. and like just handed it off to the next person, like popcorn, and it was not a good idea. It, wasn't it was very, really, it was very disjointed. Yeah. 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 And so Or um, make a leap and you'd be like, what's that? Where'd that Yeah. Go and there, also there. the way that they treat Dirk this entire season is very like dehumanizing. Cause mm-hmm. in the first one you're getting to know the characters. You get to see how the two main characters become best friends, yada yada right. yada. Um but in the second season, uh Elijah Wood's character ends up just putting Dirk on this pedestal and he's like oh as long as I'm with Dirk everything can go fine you know like they idolize him way too much and it again you you can see it frustrate Dirk and there was just like things that were brought up in some episodes that were completely lost in other ones yeah they didn't follow through with a lot of things granted still a great show the first season's wonderful if you can make it through the second season try to make it through it and psychoanalyze it it's interesting because the second the second season definitely has a lot of paths it could have gone and these paths could have been staved for like other seasons like they could have explored it in other seasons or just made a new show entirely like that whole fantasy arc thing I could think have they been could've... an entirely different show. Yeah, I I think the fantasy arc was a little bit... It was weird, yeah. It was. It just didn't fit in. It was like putting a, a square peg in a round hole. It really was just out of left field. And it felt that, and you could feel it. Yeah. Because half of the show was written to be very gritty with the Secret Service yeah. and the high stakes of the reality falling or whatever. Right. Yeah. But then the other half of it was this fantasy world created by a child. And so you see... There's a one-eyed, one-horn, flying purple people eater in it for yeah. like a episode, and yeah. then he's gone because he gets the captured. Weirdest episode. Yeah, and then episode, the house is like this. There's this magical center of this house, and yeah. that's never really explored further. Yeah. It just kind of left there, yeah. and everybody, half the people from the fantasy world have pink hair and carry swords or <laughs> that are scissors. It sounds so very Doctor Who. It, is it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is and I think doctor. some of the care some of the writers wanted it to be the very doctor. Because yeah. yeah. quite yeah. frankly, Dirk Gently is better than any season of Doctor Who ever, and I'm sorry <laughs> that's gonna anger a lot of people. Leave your but comments below. The first season of Dirk Gently is superior to like most it's TV. It's really good. Yeah, it's I will so say good. the first season is really it's, excellent. It's very much a very missed kind of treasure hunt kind of it's the first season is the first the first season is i i would agree that the first season is kind of where it's at Mm -hmm. um granted i love the rowdy three and that's the only reason i was really watching the show (laughs) yeah you you're a very cosmetic person when it comes to tv and media (laughs) well i mean at first and then because like other things i won't watch unless there's a good story behind it like what uh, put me on the spot. Sorry. I thought you had one in mind. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> da, da, da. What's a show that you love for the, for the content? For the content. 
kids baking show. <laughs> Ooh, That's me. We're not asking you. Um, <laughs> leverage? leverage. Leverage. Yeah. Yes, I like leverage. I like um, the librarians. Yeah, I do like they the have librarians too. These weird, intricate stories that are very interesting, and not just because I like. <laughs> Christian There's Kane. a person that you love in both of not those. Not just because I like Christian Kane, <laughs> but I think. But it sounds like okay, like the librarians. Yeah. TV show ran for what? Three seasons? Four well, seasons? Five. Four or five seasons? Anyway, uh, a good, no, three. solid. Sounds core idea that allowed for lots of crazy episodes yes, yes. like there there was a reason all of these things happened right. and they were all linked together be, with one entity and now it sounds like Dirk Gently was trying to be something like that but it wasn't I think okay they went first too season, far off the rails in the second season in the second season the yeah. first season again superior to anything yeah really. it was good it's a really good standalone really beautifully written season it's no. on its own. It could yeah. be Perfect. a good miniseries. Yep. Which is essentially what it is. Dirk? No, I mean, I'm going to ask you this and I'll let you, I'll let you go on. Could that first season be, have been a standalone, end it there kind of thing? Yeah, actually kind of. I mean, kind <laughs> of. It's one of those stories where it's like, it could easily be, it was set up to be elaborated on because again, there mm. were some things that weren't quite wrapped up in the first season that you wanted more on because you saw that. But you could have rewritten, tweaked it to end it. Yes. Leave yes. it there and cap Very it much gold so. and leave it alone. Because the whole first season about them like establishing, working together and getting the hang of it and kind of solving this one mystery that right. brought them together. But then... Like the other seasons could really have gone off from there and sure. done their own thing really easily. Right. But that that was just handled so poorly. It was I think ooh. they tried too too far. They went too far with the story. Yeah, again. Uh, in the second season of like when I think of like if you if you're just going by just the title of it, Dirk Gently's Holistic, Holistic Detective, Detective you would think that they would have a mystery to solve. And then they would go and solve it. Yeah, yeah realistically. I mean, that's what happened. Because in the first right. season, it ends with Dirk going missing and Todd having a, like a, a physical, like a medical issue attack yeah. type thing that is established to the show, whatever. Um, and so it's like, oh, second season's going to help. It's going to be them finding Dirk and setting things back up. Also, it created a relationship between Todd and Farah that didn't quite that was make forced. sense. Yeah, it was kind yeah, of Yeah, that was that a very Because in the first subplot. season you see Todd thinking Farah's cute and all that, la la yeah. la, and that was written very well. But in the second season, it skips to when they've already like slept together and yeah. it's just like Oh, and you don't let your audience enjoy that. There's yeah. no yeah. love yeah. in there's like no love in it. It was very it's like hollow. Past yeah. the honeymoon it, phase it where they're already the hollow. like you come back after think? summer and everybody hates each other. Pretty much. Oh, no fun. Yeah, because yeah. they're still looking for they're still looking for Dirk, and obvious right. and honestly, they set it up so Dirk and Todd are like you. That's the obvious choice of relationship that you would choose in that show. But then yeah. they were just like, no, it needs to be that. And it was like, although we I love Farrah, to be straight. But then in the second season, Farrah got a character who was very much like you two are supposed to be together. But yeah. then again, doesn't really happen. Yeah. It's just a whole bunch of malarkey second season. So if you, yeah. I would judge it by the first season, the first season alone. 
The books are completely different. Still very fun, though. They are. That would be the one that I'd rewrite. Rose has a whole, like, TED talk about how she (laughs) She really does. She has, like, paragraphs written out about it. (laughs) All right. Now, is there any, outside of Dirk Gently, season one, (laughs) is there any... Perfect media? Perfect show out there that you would never touch leverage yes princess bride princess bride oh that's that's a good choice that movie used to scare me as a child well yeah it's got some it's got specifically ros man not the torture chamber the torture chamber was the one thing that freaked me out when i read the book that kind of grossed me out i never read the book i had encountered this scene when i was a child yeah and we we were flicking through channels on tv somewhere like at the house dad was you were off doing your own thing. Dad, Gracie, and I were at the house. I was like maybe five or six. It was, this was in Ohio. Um, oh. Yeah, like itty bitty. And we flicked to that scene. And I remember it freaking me the hell out. Maggie because, thought she saw somebody die on TV. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, I can see why that would but freak out. he was only out. mostly dead. <laughs> yeah, I seen the rest well, of I it. Well, I thought... See, I like my brain didn't register that it was like an electrical machine. I thought there was like a buzzsaw underneath this dude. Oh, so I was like, oh, no, no, no. So like, I still can't sit through the scene. Oh, yeah. It's hard. It's, it's hard it's to read. Rough. It's really hor- horrible to read. I remember I had not seen the movie, but I'd read the book because my uh, aunt and uncle used to teach it in their English right. class, whatever. But I remember getting that scene and I was like, Oh, oh no! So this is much. horrible. It's so much. And then after on that, after you find out that he he's alive, he's only nearly back. dead. I know. But would you change it in the movie or the book? No, you have to no, have it that way. It's good. A part of I just don't the, like that scene in the book. It explains why. Right. You don't change it. It explains it in the movie too. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that's good. It's a this plot. It's, real, a, so it's like a the princess thing is like is like the the ideal right but life is not ideal well, so that's something else is selling you something, right it's right? like so shrek. that's why you yeah. that's why you have this shrek's another perfect yeah. media the first shrek movie yes i will say perfect in and of I, itself we were just say, talking about shrek today at lunch it was kind of funny because we were we were playing like disney movies or disney songs and stuff like that and she said something from shrek and i was like well shrek's Disney, but <laughs> DreamWorks is owned by Disney. But um, but it was a perfect. It was like a perfect send. That I mean, it's just so clever about some of the things that they included in that. Movie, it was like the perfect know? family movie because it had the the yeah. veiled adult humor in yes. it. So, Not very well veiled, but well, yes, I mean veiled enough that your kids aren't your gonna kids aren't be gonna like, get it. What is yeah. that? Okay. It's Until they got hit puberty, like oh no. It's yeah. got a wonderful soundtrack yes it's, it does it has an amazing soundtrack and, and it's just like a good it's a the, it's a parody the, on like the perfect princess like story yeah, and i think yeah. that's it's, it's also a great message movie it is you know it's the perfect yeah i message. do i do like shrek i think it's, it's one of got my favorites. some pretty good morals it says it. that you'll love yourself for who you no, are but that's just it yeah. but it's, that's that last scene where she turns she, does she embraces the whole, it. Yeah. yeah, she the does whole the, whole, Disney the whole Disney transformation. Nothing happens. 
Wonderful. She goes, I'm supposed to be beautiful. And he looks at her and goes, but you are beautiful. Oh, that scene. That's the moment. That's Did I just scene. get chills right now? Wait I a minute. I, I <laughs> but that's what makes that. I got to sit down and watch Shrek again. Shrek <laughs> is a... Okay, so my... I, I Any picked, movie after that, however... They're much. still fun. I mean, but they're it's fun, not that but they're same not that of, same One and two, two I think, are ideal. good. Yeah. yeah. I well, like not as good as the first one, but still good. The second one is great because it plays on the got Prince Charming in it. Oh, it's got Prince funny. Charming, it's got Fairy Godmother, it plays yes, on the whole yes. It's um, got the best version of I Need a Hero in it literally correct, ever created correct. by Fairy it's Godmother. The same message of yeah. I'm trying to look better for you. I'm like you don't no. need And it's to, like right? quit it. I yeah. love you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like it's like I do like how that they count they that they always go back to their their real selves mm-hmm. yeah which are ogres which is great <laughs> and ogres. also again a wonderful soundtrack yeah. living the living la vida loca is in it i need a hero's in it uh that one the only um, best version <laughs> the c minor version the um what's the one that uh snow white sings the the, the ice is still, the, 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 uh, that's not that movie is that not that? That's, that's the, the third, second. That's the third movie. All the princesses are in the second movie because they're in the land far, far away. Because that's where all like the Hollywood. That's is. not where she sings that song though. Oh, is that she, the third movie? That's the third one where they all get kidnapped by oh, Rapunzel because okay, Rapunzel's dating Prince Charming. Yes, yeah, and bull- Prince oh. Charming wants to kill Shrek because he took the crown or whatever. Is that the one with the big theater production? That's the one with the big theater production. I like that one for that little bit. For alone, that specific point, it's yeah. So over the top, silly. It's but, very. Is that the I, one with Arthur? Yeah, that's the one with okay. Arthur. Oh, oh, like oh. a majority of that movie sucks hardcore. Oh, not a good movie. But there are definitely like, that scene where the princesses are just going some, around kicking butt. Gems. Funniest scene ever. <laughs> um, and also that big musical production at the end is also really great. But they introduce of like they introduce the thought of like ogre children, and that was a <laughs> that lot. Was, that, was, that was cursed. Yeah, and like the King Arthur thing was stupid. But they did have ogre children. They I did. know, and it and was then they not had a, a good fourth thing. movie, and it sucked. Oh, yeah. okay. it's so that. bad. My my other perfect media drove are, out of the drive-in are <laughs> also children's movies. Well, quote one's not really a child's movie, but the other one is the first SpongeBob movie <laughs> is perfect. But also, it's one of those things where it's like. If you like SpongeBob, you like SpongeBob, whatever. It's genuinely a funny movie. <laughs> it is just, it's got so much heart in it. It's about the power of friendship. Yeah. And it is, it's just so good, well animated, very funny. It's, it has a very deep place in my heart. <laughs> the oh. other one, again, my family's probably very tired of hearing about this, but now I get to share with our viewers. Oh no. Let me guess. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the Scooby-Doo the movies. The Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, the second oh, one, though. The second one is the The best first one. one is a little bit cultural appropriate and it gets a little bit like, I don't know, sure about that. I like the design of the first one, and it really does introduce the characters well. Well, but... yeah, I mean, you can do that. This, you know the characters. They're the Scooby-Doo. You know them, you know? like That's true. I mean, they, you don't have to work hard to introduce those right. characters. Right, but true. it was this... Okay, so I'm just going to talk about the second movie... And it's of itself. It was casted perfectly. The yeah. best casting that you could have ever had for a movie was the Scooby-Doo 2 movie. Is the, it is... Is that Seth Green? That's Seth that's Green. That's with Seth yeah. Green. Yeah. It is 
fantastic. And also the and fact Alicia that Silverstone. they, oh, yeah. the story is <laughs> like a that. true tribute to the original Scooby-Doo That's show. That's why I think it works better. Is because it has all of the old fun monster madness that was yeah. in the shows that you see. You know all of the bad guy characters. You see them. The costuming was bright and colorful and spot on, but still had its original qualities of like, you don't see them in the same outfit every day. You see them right. in like tweaks and like versions of, of the, their outfit. outfit that fits their style. Because you see them in like formal wear and you're like, yeah, yes, exactly. they would totally wear that. And it is <laughs> amazing. And then the animation of it, specifically in the second one, the first one's like, again, not great animation wise. Because they have yeah. the 3D like whatever. And the it second scrappy, one, I mean. it has aged so, 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 so well. Because, again, I rewatched them the other day, and the practical effects mixed with the CGI of the monsters yeah. have made still look better than other movies that I've seen to this day. I will agree that there's more practical effects in that one that are also well mixed in yeah. with the CGI. They, yeah. there was like the perfect flavor of both in it and it was wonderful. It was very action packed. Again, it had the adult humor in it, but I've been watching this movie since I've been a kid and it's mm-hmm. been great that way as well. And it's, that has a really good story message and all the characters are written to love and respect each other. And like, admire some things about other characters that they think that they themselves lack and they lift each other up. They're always there for each other and it's really just so good. And again, it has a, it's got a good soundtrack in it and it's just like, <laughs> it is, oh, it's so good. It's, it's so it's good. It's late. aged so well. It's the perfect late 2000s movie. It's yeah. an also interesting fact pardon me, is that they were originally written to be R-rated movies. Really? So that's why everybody's so sexy in the movies. It's yeah. like, because it was originally meant to be R-rated. A lot more sense. Yeah, especially the first one. You can totally see how that went because yeah. it's about spring break, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, they were supposed to be R-rated. That's where joke. you see everybody's boobs and everybody's jacked, everybody's hot, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they decided last minute to not go that route, which I think landed them... That a very movie. a very sweet spot in PG-13. being like <laughs> not visually apple- like uh, appealing and also like still appropriate enough, you know, because it's like they every- found a real fine line. They, they really did because right. everybody's yeah. eye candy. Everybody looks wonderful. Yeah, these movies are actually just PG. <laughs> Yeah, really? and but so they're, but it, but they're well, not. Well, they don't they don't swear do any. They don't swear at all. They say zoinks and jinkies, you know, yeah, like that's, yeah, that's, that's their true. textbook swearing. But like, yeah, that first movie, you can going back and hearing that, like, oh yeah, you're mm-hmm. like these people were supposed to be topless, like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, especially that scene with Fred and Daphne's body. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the and also just the gags that they do are very Scooby Doo and yeah. very well done. So they're still like fun and wacky and wild, and you're like, wow, that looks really dangerous. But yeah. it's still just and they're so well done. Yeah. Cotton yeah. candy monster. It that and again, was funny. So <laughs> to funny. That it was so good. funny. It, the oh, all of it has <laughs> aged so well. It has so much heart in it, and the people who were a part of it really cared for the original content. See, that's, yeah. that's a great, and I think that's a great example versus what I was trying to say about Popeye. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the people who are making that movie, and not just the actors, but everybody involved, cared about really it. really had yeah. a fondness 
and love and respect for the original source material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Popeye Cause like you, people. Because like you said, that second movie is such a great yeah. rewrite of the traditional trope. Yeah, of, it was, definitely. But just, I mean, the first one was good, but they but the, really but, got the hang but, of it you know, in the but, second yeah, one. Yeah, but the, the big group thing at the end and the ripping off of the mask and the reveal, the that, whole thing. That's, yeah. It's textbook Scooby-Doo. And they yeah, had the plus, classic red herrings throughout the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and the chasing down the ghost and finding out it's just a funky machine that somebody built. You know, it's mm-hmm. all it's, it's all very tropey. But they did a beautiful. But it, they paid a beautiful homage to it, as opposed mm-hmm. to. Well, it was Raja Gosnell who directed it, and James Gunn worked on the screenplay for the second mm. one, which is why it's it's good. It works with that right. little quirkiness because both of those people know imagine, how that works. But if those people had gotten a hold of you know loved Popeye and gotten a hold of that material, yeah, they, you know, yeah. imagine if they wanted to preserve the heart not of a musical. Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, a perfect movie. There's a couple. <laughs> the Gene Wilder, uh, Willie and the Wonka. Uh, that is the best. That's what I was going to talk about earlier. Is That's that a movie one. that I would rewrite? Would be the the Johnny Depp version, and I would rewrite it so that it would never exist ever. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Rose. Been. I love you. You'll never listen to this. Yeah, that one. That's not a real thing. That's, That's a whole other topic. Real. Movies that never should have been made. Mm-hmm. That's another day. <laughs> um, but we could that, go on that, for days. But that that was just. It's. It's not a perfect translation of the book, but it's close enough oh, it's with so the good. same kind of uh, same kind of messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just done. Plus, it was uh, written by Roald Dahl, and I think Roald Dahl did the screenplay as oh, well. Oh, well, that's probably really? I think why yeah, it better, that's but... why it worked. How old is that movie? Oh, it's from 60s. the 60s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that that explains that one. The music of it's pretty good. Too. I was like, Roald Dahl's been dead for a while. Maggie, it came out last week. Where have you been? I think it would have been his last thing to work on, would be my guess. No, not quite, close, but... but he didn't He didn't enjoy making his stuff into movies. Yeah. He did it a couple times and just hated it both times. And now people continue to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the other movie that I think is perfect... Is the Sandlot? Oh, yes. I love that movie. That is a good movie. I, I don't care. I, I'll that watch that movie. thing. <laughs> it's one. Of the, it's it's like uh, the Ralphie A Christmas Story. Yeah, that is story. That's, that's a, a perfect story. movie. Also it's one. Perfect story. Both of those movies are the type of movie. It doesn't matter where you're at in the movie. Yes. you can turn it on, start there, and, and you know watch exactly it back to that same on. spot. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't make a lick of difference. That is one nice. way or the other. Such a good movie. I love that movie. But I would also argue that um, The Goonies is another I love The Goonies too. The Goonies yeah. is a good movie. Yeah. The Goonies is a it's good. It's a great coming of age story. And it's it that is. treasure hunt thing. Yeah, and, yeah, that, you know. and it's got the making Steven out Spielberg with your really friends. really knows what he's doing. And it has Sean, Sean Astin in it. There we go. We brought it full circle. Okay. That means... So we're, we're 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 actually one ahead on Sean Astin. So what do you mean? So I mean, if we if we miss it next time, it, it's not a it's not a loss. It's well, I've scheduled him. bringing up the Lord of the Rings for next time. So uh, okay, <laughs> which is arguably we're be here another all day, another perfect media's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I do. I well, I will say, as someone who has I very little prefer, attention span, I'll disagree with that. I will. I will say, I prefer the Hobbit movies more than the. Lord I prefer of the, the Rings Hobbit movies, but the movies are not as well written as the Lord of the, Lord Rings. Of the Rings movies are. That's but true. Because I, I like the Hobbit more, 
But I'm also a dumb little girl who likes shiny, bright, fun time yeah. with like a little sprinkle of the love story, which did not literally need to be there in At the slightest. All. It yeah. is pro- and where, what the in love the story in the in the oh, Hobbit the, in the movie Tori. with Tori Evangeline, the Evangeline Lilly character. Was yeah. yeah, arguably the worst part about the movie is that storyline. Kind of, yeah. it's, it's just kind of there. It's. Yeah. It was like we have this hot guy and we have this hot girl. It only makes sense, and it's like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Stop. Put that down. Like, like it's also two feet shorter. Well, it's also and two different worlds. And they've only known each other for a total of like fifteen hours yeah, but by the in end. War, which means, however, it's like the whole wartime. Given thing, you know? oh. given the fact that they <laughs> manufactured war. it for the movie, mm-hmm. it's I will. I do appreciate how they handled it. Yeah. It wasn't a major factor in the movie. And they weren't And when together. they did handle it, and then when they did handle it, they handled it um I think in the most realistic appropriate way cuz that mm-hmm. final scene yeah. where yeah. he's dead and she's crying over him yeah. it works. Yeah. You know, I know it's not part well, of the original she, and I know it's manufactured. It's meant to give her a transformation. Right, but it's still for She the never shows up in any other media though but for the, but for the, the last movie <laughs> she's under the, uh, but, but f- for that little story that they created right they, wrapped they it ended up. it right perfectly i think also what it's it did like, is it wasn't no but it wasn't for her necessarily it cut legless for lee pace's character Whoa, because oh, he yeah. because you think he's a complete a hole, nice guy, that nice guy, or whatever. Troll. And then that Dork. that scene <laughs> shows why he made the choices he made, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when she's talking about you know it hurting so bad or whatever, and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Been there, done." That. Are you talking? About, you're not talking about. You're talking about Orlando Bloom. You're talking uh, about Legolas. No. No, Lee Pace. No. Lee Pace. He's not in that last scene. Yes, yes he, he is. Is, is he? Yes. He comes in. I thought she... it was Legolas being like, the, this is your silly love. No, 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 it's very much the king. Yeah. Maggie, you don't know Jack Hemini about The Hobbit. <laughs> She's I do it. because that was the only part of the things that I've seen. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I was like, it's you just good. dissing on Lord of the Rings. You're a, you no, ain't no, allowed no. in this club. No, no, no. I haven't seen the original trilogy. Oh, I've it's seen good. The Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> it's good. Because I was like, ah, yeah. Martin Freeman. I like him as an actor. Yeah, me too. Every few years, Dad and I will Love get him. in on, because I have the, the full extended edition and behind the scenes box set of The, of the Hobbit. <laughs> I think we're due this summer. I know, yeah, oh, and yeah, every few years, Dad and I will again. watch the watch the uh, behind the scenes because I love the dwarves. I love the dwarves so, so much, and I love the characters that the movies gave the dwarves. And I love the process. I like the behind so the scenes fun. of both of them more. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've seen more of the behind the scenes of the original trilogy than I have the actual trilogy. I know. <laughs> that's, okay, that's true. Okay, recommendation. Uh, also, hold on. I want to apologize because I know a lot of this episode was like me monopolizing, getting into my. <laughs> I told you movies was a dangerous topic well, because I, I, I like had our moments tonight. So I like literally only talk about movies with my friends, and, okay. and I'm very into the analyzing them all. So I apologize. Stop monopolizing the time. <laughs> Let me. If you, you, you know what? The shot was there, and I took it. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't. I want to save dead editing time, so you know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go around the table. Uh, recommendation on a near perfect movie. 
I, I, you start dead. Well, it's going to be uh, the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, mm-hmm. the Sandlot. Such a good movie. Princess Bride. The Goonies. The Goonies. And either Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, or the first Spongebob movie. <laughs> or the Spongebob. The musical. the musical. Or the music. If you're talking stage musical, I will put that That's one up there. That's not very good. The music's a little bit to be desired, but everything no, else is perfect. It's, it's very, I think it's good. I, I think, think it's one of the cute. best musicals yeah. out there. It's very you're, Spongebob-y. A little bit. It's very stylistically, it all fits together. It's, it's, it's very, very well done. Everyone's well cast. The casting's good. The casting's very the talent's good. Talent's good. Talent's there. The guy is literally Story's SpongeBob. Stories there. The yeah. visual. Yeah. Literally it's, it's it's very up up to par with the, the design, the direction. It's, it's good. The Just watch so SpongeBob, guys. It's no, really not the new good. stuff. No, the nineteen ninety stuff. The live musical. The live musical. SpongeBob. The live musical. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'm Mike. I'm Jenna. I'm Maggie. And I'm Baby Grace. And go let us know what your favorite movies, musicals, and or things you need to rewrite. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Because well, we're interested. If we hear anything good, we'll talk about it on our, our next episode. So Yeah, tune yeah. in, man. Talk to in. us. We'd love to, we'd love to hear walk. it. Bye. All right, bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening and hanging out with us tonight. If you enjoy the show and would like to throw out a topic for us to discuss... Visit our Facebook page, Quality Time with the O'Briens, and leave us a message. Don't forget to like and subscribe while you're there. Come back and join us on the next episode of... Quality Time! Quality Time! time. (laughs) With the (laughs) O'Briens. Given four monkeys microphones. (laughs) And you get quality time.